Hey everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. I'm super excited we're together. By the way, some of you go, well, Pastor Chuck, you always say you're excited. Today is extra exciting. Today's extra exciting. We're talking about leadership. By the way, following our leadership talk for a few weeks, we're going to go into the whole idea of relationships. Uh, so all you single people, you're going to love it. Uh, married people, you're going to love it. But here's the thing I want to tell you is that we're talking leadership because it's so vital and so important uh, for you to understand how God has called you to be a person of influence and make an impact. And there are certain things that can make you better at that. So when we talked about doing this, get ready. The team I have, I have an awesome team. Uh, they said to me, you've got to talk about women in leadership. And I'm like, okay, all right, Lauren's shaking her head. She wanted that bad. Tracy wanted that. Marlon, no, no, Marlon wanted it too. Um, everybody did. And then they all said to me, you've got to have Talia on to talk about leadership. Because uh, all of our team said, like, she's one of the best leaders we've ever been around. And they admire her so much and they admire her leadership. Uh, so so the first thing that some of you will say, wait a minute, women in leadership uh, in the business world, that's not controversial in the political world is not controversial. Uh, I, well, forget it for some of you. It is. Uh, we're not going to go into that. But but are you ready? In the church world, it, it, there's a controversy. Now, there's a theological questions that we can answer. And we're not going to go into those today, although I would love to teach with you at some point on what the Bible really says about women leaders, because uh, the Bible unleashes women to be leaders, even in a culture that didn't value women. Uh, and all throughout the Bible, we see that. We see Lydia was a leader and helped found the church of Philippi. We see that Philip had four daughters who were prophetesses, which means they preached, by the way, and people revered them as leaders in the early church. Uh, so we see that. One of my favorite leaders in all the Bible is Deborah. Deborah was a judge in Israel. That meant she was either the leader in Israel or one of the leaders. But in her case, she was the leader for the nation of Israel. And so everybody looked at Deborah as a, as a leader, as a judge. Barak, who was the leader of the army, Deborah called to him and said, I need you to lead us into war. And he said to her this, he said, I won't go without you. I won't go without you. Now, what's interesting is that's how much respect he had for her. Now, I've had people tell me, well, the only reason Deborah was a leader in Israel is because the men wouldn't lead. That's not true. Not true biblically. Barak is listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith. Why? In part, not only was he a great military leader, he was humble enough to look to Deborah as his leader, which made him an even better leader, by the way. So the Bible has women who are unleashed to do leadership. And here at Crossroads, uh, I feel like I have my Deborah to look to, uh, my person. And it is Talia Murray. And uh, right now you're getting to see Talia, I think. And Talia is an executive pastor here. Uh, she is an amazing leader. By the way, not only do I think she's a great leader. Uh, uh, the young women in our church look to you and lead. by the way, they talk about you all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And guys in our church talk about your leadership all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not the only one who sees it, but also another person sees it. And before I let Talia talk, I'm going to brag. Uh, I'm going to, uh, to quote Talia gloat. 
All right, I'm going to close. Uh, we're about to show it to you. Uh, Talia has asked to be one of the leaders of other leaders all across the country in churches uh, by a man named Tim Stevens. So she's a part of the Executive Pastor Coaching Network. Notice she's listed number one. Uh, this is an order of priority of who's the best leader. Uh, she's listed as number one. The guy at the bottom is Tim Stevens, and I know most of you don't know him. But in the church world, Tim Stevens was considered one of the top leaders in this country right now by all of us in churches. And uh, he's kind of the Bill Parcell uh, of, 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 of executive pastors and leaders for all of you who know football. Uh, so he is the Bill Belichick of football, of, of pastors. And he tapped Talia as one of the leaders he wants people to hear from and learn from. So not only do I believe you're a great leader and Tim believes you're a great leader, and our staff believes you're a great leader. Uh, you're someone who has led really, really, really well, and God has called you to leadership. So welcome, Talia. Aw, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun. All those great words. I hope I can live up to all of those things. Well, yeah, I actually, you are living up to it, and and uh, but 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 what I want to do is this: is you um, have gone on a very interesting journey and being called into leadership. Um, so I'd love for you to tell at least some of that journey and what happened. Um, okay, so I started out, um, I got my degree in college in English and then um, thought I was gonna be a teacher and then realized I didn't really wanna be a teacher. Um, and so I went right into the mortgage industry, actually the subprime mortgage industry in 2005, um, which is the reason our economy fell, you know, in 2007, yeah. so I was part of that. But I went into the mortgage industry and um, was a sales rep, an account executive because um, of who I knew. I knew the leader of the company and so I was put into this position and I remember hearing from all the people that were there saying, um, you know, the only reason why you got this, because I was 22, had no experience. Um, the reason why you got this role is just because of who you know. Um, and so I wasn't really well liked. And that was really motivating for me to be the best. I was going to just show, prove them all wrong. Um, so I hated the job. I actually hated it. But I was one of the best at it in that first year and made a lot of money, actually, yeah. but then struggled um, with it ethically because I felt like it was just I didn't feel good about what I was doing and um, the business self and so the business side so I actually ended up taking another role at the company um, and then a few uh, months later you had come to me and asked me um, to come with you here to Crossroads because you were coming to Crossroads you said hey I need an assistant and at that time I said can I work part-time and you said sure and <laughs> that's all I knew I didn't know anything about being yeah. an assistant and I said yes and I came on staff here um, and was your assistant for I think it was about five years mm -hmm. um, and I think that in that time um, we just grew this great relationship. You're my youth pastor so I already had a relationship with you um, but I think again I just came into it saying I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going to be the best at it and so I searched out um, a like any any sort of literature any sort of coaching on being an assistant and I found this um, administrative assistance conference that I went to and I don't know if you remember, but I remember going to this thing and learning everything. And I remember coming back and saying, okay, this is how we're going to work together. This is how it's going to yep. be. And um, I think you really just appreciated me saying, okay, how, because I came back saying, how, I'm gonna, how can I make you be the best that you can be? Um, and so we worked that out. But then uh, five years in, um, you called me up to be the uh, chief of staff at the time, which is really the executive pastor over. So basically you're number two. Um, and that didn't go over so well <laughs> with everybody here, but 
But I think what we had built was trust. Um, mm -hmm. And you had seen my work ethic and that I was going to do whatever it took. So I think we always saw in you a calling uh, from God to make a huge difference. Um, and by the way, I'm going to try to make sure this is more about you than me. But <laughs> we saw that before Talia saw it. <laughs> so which I think you'd admit is true. And then I do have to tell this. Um, the way I got her to be my assistant is I invited her and her husband to come here and I sold her husband. I worked her husband so that she would leave this incredible six figure job <laughs> and come and be my assistant, which is called wisdom. Um, and that's true, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It was a fun. I remember that day <laughs> yeah. we sold him and he was like, I'm in. So I was yeah, there. but here's the thing that one of my friends, Jim Bertolini, who's one of the, the top leaders I know who mentored me in leadership, he saw in you the same thing. He saw how incredible a leader you were. And I remember one time he said, you know, Talia, I believe that you have risen to the natural level of leadership that God has already put in you. Um, but do you remember the day I walked in and made you chief of staff or the head executive pastor? Do you remember that? I do remember that. I remember that you had told me about think twice before that this is the direction you wanted to go and that you asked me, you kept asking me and saying, you know, I think that this is a, you know, and I said, no, I, I'm, you know, I've got a baby right now and I've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old and a baby. I don't think I'm ready for that. Maybe when my son is five, my littlest is five, I'll be ready for that. So you had come in twice and said that. And I said, no. And then one day you called me into your office and I remember this, you showed me your new org chart and you said, God woke me up in the middle of the night and this is what he told me. And I felt like I could not argue with the God yeah. card because you said, this is what God told me. And I was like, okay, I feel like part of my journey has been that where people have called me. I kind of have just followed wherever God has led me. I've never really been somebody who's strived for something, you know, a position uh -huh. or anything like that. I feel like God just has handed me and I just take on whatever God hands me. And I felt like that was one of those moments where God's saying, okay, this is where I want you to go now. And I know you'll never do it on your own. <laughs> and so I'm going to force you into it. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. And it was part of my story now. Yeah, it's a huge part of your story and your testimony. And so when I first came to Crossroads, we're not going to go into this, but the church was about to close its doors. We were in a the crisis, one of the worst crises a church could possibly be in. And Pam said to me, if you're going to go into this, you got to have Talia by your side. And so Pam said, let's, let's reach out to her and, and try to get her to come. And uh, I believe probably you don't realize even today how significant it was and important it was that you came here. And then that day I brought you in the office, we were entering into another crisis. So when I moved you into that role, it was in a time of crisis, right? So what was it like as a young leader taking on a role God was calling you to because he was, <laughs> but it was very hard. You said not everyone liked it, but it wasn't really you. It was the challenge we were in. It was the crisis we were in. Yeah, it was really challenging because it was it, it was an unlikely move. So you don't usually move your assistant into a role of leadership like that. That's just not likely. But it, it was obviously the Lord. Um, and I think you had seen a gifting in me that I really complimented the things that maybe you weren't good at. And you saw that in me and you said, I'm going to call, I need you in this role. And so, but other people couldn't see that. And so it, I think it was an unlikely move from my position. It was also an unlikely move from my experience level. Like I'm, I was 30 years old at the time. I was young, you know, um, I was a woman. There's not a lot of women who were moved up into executive pastors at that, that time. You were just, you know, somebody who saw ahead, you were very progressive in that. So I think that there was a lot of 
um, tension around that because you put me in charge of people who had more experience than me, um, who had were more um, had a lot more. Uh, clout or you know influence with people than I did um, people trusted them more and so that just was very hard to rise up in that spot and um, looking back now I don't know that I I didn't know what I didn't know in that time and I think I just trusted the Lord and I trusted you saying okay if you called me to this I'm gonna figure it out and and we'll do our best um, and so uh, I didn't really understand what all that meant I just knew I needed to do the right thing and whatever God called me to do I was gonna do it um, and so, and I felt so empowered by you because I feel like you just kind of said, I believe in you. You can do it. I'm going to give you the power to, to do the things you need to do. Um, and so I had what I needed to get the job done. And it was a really hard and challenging time because when the people around you don't see that, you yeah. kind of, at that point, you're just kind of relying on the Lord um, and, you know, building your trust and building influence with the people around you as you go, as things are falling apart too. So that was an interesting time. Yeah, the things were, were getting ready to really fall apart. <laughs> uh, why am I laughing? Um, what I would say, this is I, I'm, I'm, uh, this might be a tougher question to answer than, than it seems. There were a couple of things I saw in you that made you a great leader in that crisis. One that this church needed. You really were my Deborah at that point, or you were for this church. Uh, what do you think those two things were that, that are so vital to leadership that you had, even if without experience, that made such a difference? I, I think I know what they are. Oh, shoot. You're asking me to read your mind. Yeah, which I, I do that to her all the time. You do that all the time. Okay, so I would say there might be different than what you did said, but I think um, tr the trust level between mm -hmm. us, I feel like, I had built trust with you where you knew I had your best interest at heart and the church's best interest at heart. So I think there was a trust level there where we could trust each other to lead together. Um, and then I think the other thing, and this is just something that I think is part of me is integrity. Yes. Um, there's just something in me that says, whatever God is telling me to do, I will do. And whatever the right thing is, no matter how hard, I cannot not do it. Like I don't ever want to be that person that you know, compromises. So it, no matter how hard it was, I would sit there with the Lord and say, Lord, if this is the right thing, I'm going to do it. And I mean, I've, I remember some hard moments like that. I remember anxiety and feeling like a panic attack coming on, thinking of the hard decisions I was going to have to make, but knowing it was the right one. So I would always ask myself, what's best for the church? What is best for the church at the bottom? At the end of the day, am I doing this because this is what's best for the church or this is because it's what's best for me? Um, and so I would say those are probably the two things. You are really, uh, for sure, integrity. Okay, well, trust is huge, too. So there's not a wrong answer. But you had such integrity. And I knew it was always going to be you would do the right thing no matter what. Uh, and you would always put the church first, which is part of your integrity. I think every great leader's got to have integrity. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, um, I, I want to say that's why I think we're in a crisis in leadership in this country is because so many people have shown a lack of integrity. You can literally hear them say one thing, and an hour later they're doing something different. Mm -hmm. um, you would never be that way, and I saw that in you. Uh, and and I did trust you, but I trusted you to have this thing called courage. Because mm -hmm. you got to, I mean, you have courage, right? 
right? Yeah, I, I think I would put that probably with the integrity thing because if yeah. you're going to do the right thing, like you have to have the courage to do it because it's not always, um, not never really, is it the easy thing, you know? So I think that that's probably why I didn't mention that. But you're right, I think it was courage. I guess I just don't see myself as courageous. I just see myself as somebody with integrity. And if it takes courage to make the right choice, then I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sad to say there's a lot of people who know integrity what they should do, but they cave because they don't have the courage to carry through with mm. it. And uh, we could not afford that back then. We had to have uh, integrity or else God was not going to honor, bless and carry us through. And uh, so that was part of what I looked at you and I thought, you know, I know she'll always do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And um, as a, a young leader in a crisis, you did. Mm -hmm. uh, you really did do that. Uh, and then your leadership has grown because you are tenacious to learn. Uh, <laughs> right. Just like you wanted to be the best assistant you could be. You poured yourself into being the best leader you could be. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I think I have a conviction that if you are given the privilege to lead, then you have the responsibility to learn as much as you can so that you can be the best steward of your leadership. So I think that God has given me the privilege to lead um, pastors who are just amazing and God has amazing work for them to do. And so how could I not learn so that I can pour out the best of me to them? So I um, take in so much content every week. I was really the other day how much content I take in and it's ridiculous so I listen to podcasts so many different podcasts I read a lot of books and I'm reading blogs all the time on leadership um, and I just love learning I love 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 learning but I feel like it's a stewardship um, issue like I, I want to learn so that I have something to pour out you know, so if I'm not filled with the new things or something, how can I lead these people? And the thing is, they're getting so much better, you know, and they're, so, they're such great leaders that I have to learn at even higher levels now. So it's very uh, intimidating almost to have these great leaders that I get the privilege to lead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I, by the way, I think that our church is blessed with amazing leadership, young and old, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of really gifted young leaders. Um, uh, one of the things I want to ask you then is all these you, you just choosing on your own. What are some of the most important leadership lessons you've learned? Leadership lessons that I've learned. I think um, something that I would say is uh, having a mentor or having people who are mentoring you. So um, I've always looked for people who are, um, and I look for their specific gifts, you know, so there's something I wanted to have a mentor who is like a spiritual leader to me. And I found that and I meet with her once a month. And I've learned so much about prayer and about how to lean into Jesus. You know, with that, I had found another mentor who was kind of in my same position, but at a different church, you know, and I would meet with her and just kind of say, okay, somebody who's disconnected, help me think through these things, you know, so mentor. And then along with that, I think um, counseling, like having a counselor, um, because I, I, I haven't been somebody who's like consistently gone to counseling, but when there's been hard times, um, you know, I want to make sure that I deal with those things in a healthy way. And again, it's a stewardship thing because I'm responsible for these other leaders. They deserve my best. And so I need to be at my best. I need to be healthy mentally and emotionally. Um, so I would say counseling. Um, and I think, um, I think that this too will pass, you know, to like, remember, <laughs> like, I mean, we've been through some really hard times, you know, and I think that when you're in it, sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. And so I think having the idea that, or knowing, um, it's going to pass. So, um, you know, like one of the things that I was listening to this week was talking about, 
uh, making decisions in light of your bigger story. So what's oh. the story that you want to tell? And I want to go back and I want to be able to say, this is how I handled that situation. It was really hard. Um, and I want to tell this story. This is how I want my story told. And I am proud to say when I went back and list, look at, looked at my own story to see how have I handled those times, I'm proud to tell that story. And I'm proud to tell my kids that story of how I handled those things. So I think thinking it about your leadership or decision-making in light of your bigger story, um, what story do you want to tell? So, um, and then obviously relying on Jesus wholeheartedly. I think, you know, beginning every day on my face, sometimes literally, you know, just like saying, okay, Lord, because it's easy for ego to get in the way. Yeah. And especially now when everybody has a platform and you kind of can start veering into, I want to build a platform for myself. Um, and so sometimes being physically on my knees, on my face in the morning helps me remember, like, I'm just a servant. I'm just God's servant and he's using me however he wants to. So I think I don't know how people lead in any capacity without Jesus, because I I feel like I rely on him so much all day throughout the day. You know, there's so many times when everything's bigger than me and I have to say, okay, Lord, um, you know, what, what is it that I need from you? Give me wisdom right now in this moment. So, um, yeah, I think those are some leadership tips. Those are really good leadership tips. And by the way, if, if anyone doesn't know you, which of course I do know you very well, um, your relationship with the Lord is so real that it sometimes you argue with the Lord. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we have some really fun conversations. We do a, a lot of uh, wrestling conversations when I'm not happy or if I have an opinion about something. I remember one time telling the Lord that, um, yeah, but Paul, I know Paul was in chains and I know Paul, but did Paul have three kids who didn't sleep through the night? And, you know, and I think that sometimes God is like, oh, Talia, you have no clue. Yeah. And your walk with the Lord is so genuine and so real and a part of your integrity. But it's, I think, so um, uh vibrant would be another word I would use, you know, is the, knowing you. Um, and so I love the fact that you went to the spiritual on both sides of your answer, mm -hmm. uh, you know, having a spiritual mentor who helps you grow closer to God and then having that real walk with the Lord is so real. Um, and so that's always something I could trust about you. I could always trust that you would pray. I could always trust you would hear from God. Uh, there's, there have been a few times we butted heads. Yes. A few. <laughs> it's true. But yeah. I think that's a great, I feel like that should give people confidence knowing that we don't always agree, you know? And so that's good because you don't want somebody that's just going to be a yes man, oh. you know, and say yes to everything. So it's kind of, that's a great leadership tool too, is that you should have people around you who can disagree with you and call you out, you know? And so I feel like you do that with me and, you know, there's times that we butt heads. <laughs> yeah. You're never disrespectful, by the way. I don't want to have paint mm -hmm. that, but I got to tell you guys this. I had someone one time say to me, well, you just surround yourself with yes people. And I'm like, who are they? <laughs> like, I can't name one uh, in my leadership team who's a yes person or on our eldership, by the way. Uh, but, but here's the thing I was going to is that that's one thing I know is like, even when we butted heads at times, and it's always been respectful that you go away and pray. And there's been times you've come back more convicted. Hey, this is, I, you need to hear me again. There's been just as many times you've come back saying, no, I, I, the Lord's, I think showed you're right, mm -hmm. but I just, that makes it better. It mm -hmm. makes it better. We don't get stubborn. Mm -hmm. You know, we really, and by the way, when you do disagree, I do go pray about it. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I hear you. Mm -hmm. Um, so th those are some things. What are some challenges you faced, uh, first as a young leader, but especially as a woman in leadership? 
So I think at the beginning, I, uh, the challenge was the perception. So being a young leader and being your number two and being called up in a really unlikely way, there was a lot of perception that I had to overcome. And anytime we'd go to, you know, if we went to a conference or we went some, anywhere, um, and walking into a room and saying, this is my executive pastor, um, or whatever the case is, I felt like I had to overcompensate. And I don't know if that's just wisdom or what, but being a young woman in this role, I had to think like 10 times about what I was going to wear so that I presented myself better and that nobody had the perception of anything other than, you know, this is a business relationship and this is a relationship that we're in the church. Um, and, and kind of feeling like you have to prove that you belong in that position. I don't know that men would feel like, even if they were young, that they had to prove that they could be uh -huh. in that position. So I think there was that piece of, of perception, like, could I really do this? Why are, did you choose me really? You know? And so I think that was a part of the challenge. But one of the things that I really, really appreciate about this place and um, about you is that you have always allowed women to rise to their gifting. Like you see women as the, you know, Imago Dei, the, we're in the image of God and we're not complete in the church if we don't have both men and women leading. And so I feel like I have actually really skipped out on a lot of the challenges that most women face in churches because I've never felt stifled. And so I, I don't know that I, I've heard from people that I lead or people that I read a friends of mine you know that they have been stifled or held down in churches because they they're not allowed to speak or use their gifts because they're women and so I have not faced any of those challenges here at Crossroads because I've always been unleashed and almost pushed you know when yeah. I didn't want to be pushed into those places of speaking or giving a seat at the table or you know asking for my input um, so it's actually been I have a unique story I realize that I think I um, and I don't take it for granted, but I understand that um, here we are so blessed to have you kind of champion, you know, women and saying, go for it. If God has gifted you in that, go for it. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, I believe that um, I'm going to quote you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quote you something you said one time and I went, oh, my goodness, that's like from the Holy Spirit. That's so true. You said it would be a sin to hold someone back from using their spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, that is so true. If God's given the spiritual gift, it would be a sin. Um, and by the way, one of the things I admire about you is you're, you're theologically right on. You're studying scripture and learning there. But when I heard that, I was like, so true. I believe with all my heart, you have the spiritual gift of leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Pam and I together saw that in you. We have wanted to help foster that in you. By the way, um, there's some of the others in the room. I see your spiritual gifting, and I want that for you guys. So, uh, but, but I feel like that's a part of what the church should do is find people's gift and fan the flames and, 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 and cheer them on and equip and empower and energize. And, and uh, I look at you today, you've gone... I'm not going to, yeah, I guess far beyond what I thought. Maybe that's not accurate. Mm. You've definitely risen up. Yeah, far so. beyond what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> far beyond what I thought I would ever be. Do you love it, though? I do. I do love it. I do. And, you know, one of the things that you said to me right now is, like, what are the things you've learned in leadership? So something I would say to people who are watching or young women who are watching um, that I don't want to forget to say is to be the best at whatever God has put in front of you. Yeah. Like, rise up wherever. I think sometimes people want to jump ahead. And I think there's been times in my leadership where I've wanted to jump ahead. And God said, nope, you're not ready for that. Like, I'm going to keep you there until you 
are a good steward of what I've given you. Um, and so I think whatever that is, I mean, like when I was at a restaurant, I was the best waitress that could be there, you know? And Red Robin. Yes, yes I, I, and I, yeah. I was the best donut seller. I sold donuts my first job. Um, but I was, you know, like I, I, I think being the best at whatever you are doing in that role and um, is going to be beneficial for you because I think then people see your leadership. They see, oh, man, they were a good steward. I need them on my team or I need to call them up because they were great at that thing. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And you know, it's so interesting. The Bible's so clear about not looking down on someone's youthfulness. Mm -hmm. And um, by the way, I'm going to say, I think that Pam and I have been pretty good at never doing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and as you've grown, by the way, I don't see you as that young girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I, too many times we, we lock people in like you're still that young girl. Mm -hmm. and, and not that you're not young. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear. I'm still young. You're yeah. still young. <laughs> but, but, but the idea is letting you rise and letting you take on is, is what we want to do here for everybody. Um, because we don't look down on people's youthfulness, but then the responsibility goes, you have to be an example, mm -hmm. uh, in the way you speak and the way you act. And, and that's what Paul says we have to do. You've done that. Mm -hmm. So that being the best makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think just putting in, like, if you could show, it's like, if you're responsible with the little things, God gives you more, you know, and he, he can trust you with more responsibility. So I think sometimes we, you know, despise the day of the small thing. And yeah. so we don't want to do it because it feels, you know, little and it feels insignificant. Um, but I have realized, like I said, I've never really strived for more. Like I've never really, you know, wanted or aspired to do something. And yet God keeps giving me. And I think what can I see and learn from that is just being faithful in whatever spot I'm at, being so faithful. Um, and then I think God says, okay, you can handle more and I want people to watch you, you know, because you're, he's trusting you with his people. So when you're leading and it's crazy that he gives us that kind of responsibility and also the ability to mess it up and to really, you know, go the opposite way. So yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that you are way better at than me, uh, is you have this incredible ability to coach people, uh, to take them and see what's going on in their heart and life, to, to give them very practical coaching, but you release them. Like you don't micromanage, uh, you release them to kind of go out on the battlefield or to go into the game. Um, and, and I've loved watching you do that. Uh, and so to me, that's leadership. That is like one of the most important aspects of leadership. Um, so what are some things that you do uh, when you're coaching people that I, and I'm going to say you're successful. So mm -hmm. I know in humility, you might not want to buy that. But actually, if you look at some of our people, you'd have to say you're successful. So what are some things you do to coach? So I think in coaching people, you have to really care about them, first of all, and you have to love them, love them well. And so I think part of that is knowing who they are, what makes them tick. And so I think with every single person that I get the opportunity to lead, I want to know their story. I want to know what Enneagram number they are. I want to know everything about them because that helps me understand how to coach them because you can't coach everybody the same way. Um, and I'm also knowing myself really well so I know how I would interact with that person. Um, and so that's first thing is you've got to know your people, love them, care about them, um, know what makes them tick. And then also see where they want to go. Like, I want to know where's your end game? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And then how do I give you opportunities and grow you into that or give you, you know, wisdom or whatever to get to that place? So I think that that's knowing people and knowing what their gifts are um, and knowing how to interact, knowing where they want to go so that you just help them go that way. I think also part of my gifting is, and part of my coaching is giving honest feedback. So I think anybody who works with me will say, 
they've gotten honest feedback. I don't hold back. I try to be as kind as possible because they know, and again, that's building the trust. They know I love mm -hmm. them, and that's why I'm telling them the hard feedback. So, um, and they know I'm just, you know, like I'm committed to getting them where they said they want to go and to making them better. And so um, I think being able to give honest feedback is important as a coach because you want somebody who's going to give you to help you get better. And if I just tell you you're doing a good job all the time, then you're never going to get better, you know? So I think that's part of coaching too, is that honest feedback. Um, and then just giving people exposure to um, resources that are out there. Like that's why I take in a lot of resources so that I can help people say, hey, you should read this. This is going to be good. Or I saw this conference that's there. You might want to tune into that. Because um, I'm constantly looking for resources for them so that they can grow in their leadership. So I would say those are some things about coaching that I do. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Because by the way, for anybody who doesn't know what happens when anybody does something here, I just tell them they're the greatest thing that ever happened and <laughs> walk away and cheer for them. But that doesn't ever help them get better. And we have right now some very gifted, uh, they're right now very, very gifted speakers who are doing great. And um, I have really put in your hands, you're helping them grow. Um, I, I, I help, but I, that's your main job in my mind mm -hmm. to help them grow. And so I uh, kind of cheer on and maybe give a pointer here and there. But what so when you watch some of our speakers, I want you to know behind the scenes, Talia has been pouring into them and we've got some good ones coming. That's what I think. They're, we're not mm -hmm. done. We're going to have uh, amazing, amazing Bible teachers coming, both men and women, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, rising up. But I don't think we would get to where we're going to get without you. I just want you to know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed. I, I kind of stumbled upon communicating and, you know, like being able to coach communicators, mm -hmm. which is really fun. And the best thing is watching them, the people that I've coached, coaching other people now. Yeah. And, and walking them through. And it's so like, oh my gosh, it's just so amazing to watch that continue and to see how God can use me to do that kind of stuff. So I, I love that. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something too. I, I, Talia asked that I don't gloat over <laughs> her too much, but I'm going to bet money that some of the best sermons you've ever heard me preach, Tracy shaking her head, uh, Talia coached me. Uh, and I'm not above learning, uh, right? No, you've always given. That's what I think is so brilliant about you is that you will give people opportunities and saying, hey, let me like, I don't know if people know that you allow your sermons to be torn apart every week so that you deliver the best because you love your people. And so you're willing to say, hey, I want to make sure I deliver the best. So I think it's a great it's, it speaks to your character that you're willing to do that. So I think it's a great leadership quality. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. But you, uh, I am not kidding that I think of people go, oh, that's a great one. I would say, well, Talia said this, Talia <laughs> said this, and she doesn't ever want credit for it. Like ever. <laughs> like what, there's been a couple of times I've given her credit and late, that's what I'll hear from her. Like, no, you no. You have to say my name. <laughs> well, you'll just say that distracts everybody. We don't want to distract people, you know? And yeah, yeah. And, and because you, you know, and by the way, me too. You know, the goal when we walk in with the word of God and, and bringing the word of God, there's such a holy responsibility that we all want to make sure it's like what God would want us to say. So one of the things I value for me is getting to bring that message to you guys. And, and it's not just Talia, it's, it's Tracy and some others. And, and, and we sit together and I share it and we ask, is this what God wants? And we as a team begin to go. And the Bible talks about a, how there's wisdom found in a multitude of counselors. Um, and you do that with our other young guys and, and young women uh, too, so that they can understand 
saying, hey, this isn't my message. This is God's message, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like they do a great job. It's it's great now because that's anybody who comes into our church or our system, you know, we'll see that that's how we do it. They bring their, it's not their message. It's, you know, our message because we want to make sure that people get what God wants them to hear. And so that, and that it's the most palatable. It's the most, like, it's easiest to digest it where they understand it. So um, I feel like all of the people who are here that go through that process love it. You know, the first time they go into it, it's hard because they're like, it's my baby and you're yeah. going to tell me it's ugly, you know. But then after a while, they're like, we can't, we feel so confident because we go out there and we know that it's good, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't probably shouldn't go there, but I, I uh, have had moments where and I don't think this has been me in, in any kind of recent years. Matter of fact, I'll just tell you, when I was first uh, going into speaking, I spoke to a group of junior hires and it was horrible. And so I asked some of the junior high girls, I said, tell me what you thought. And there quite a few of them were like, oh, we loved it. And I thought you were so bored. <laughs> this one girl, Tim Coop's daughter, Tinley, looked at me and said, my dad would be so embarrassed if he knew you spoke that way. And I said, then I want you in my corner. You tell me. <laughs> and and you know why? If I'm going to reach junior hires, I'd hear from junior hires. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had people, pastors speak and then they come over and go, what would you think? And I know in their eyes they're thinking, tell me it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. Uh, sometimes it wasn't. So but it doesn't do them any good if they think it was. Mm -hmm. um, so by the way, that's probably near here or there. What do you think God? might have for you in the next two or three years as a leader? I don't know what God has for me. Like I said, I don't feel like I've ever strived for anything. Okay. So I think that God has given me opportunities and what I've learned is to just step into them. You know, so whatever he puts in front of me, I say, okay, Lord, is this an opportunity you want me to step into? So I just think it's so amazing that I got the opportunity to be in this executive pastors coaching network mm -hmm. and being able to work alongside these awesome executive pastors, which is totally something that like these pastors have more experience than I do. And their church is larger than ours, but God chose me to do this. And so I'm just saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to learn here? And what do you, what do you have for me. So I love God's church so much. Like I love his church. I just think the church is the most beautiful thing. So I couldn't imagine being anywhere but the church, you know, so I just want to help move the mission forward in any way possible. So however God has, whatever God has for me in that, I feel like it will be in the church forever, <laughs> you know, so, um, and just helping the church get better and helping us reach more people. So I don't have any, like, I don't really ever look and say, oh, this is where I'm going to be in five years or whatever. I just feel like, Lord, I'll just step into whatever you put in front of me. Just uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean mm -hmm. on understanding in all your ways, trust in him mm -hmm. and then he'll lead your steps. He'll yeah. guide your steps. And he's doing that with you and for you. Uh, it was a couple years ago, four or five years ago, we heard Condoleezza Rice speak and <laughs> a lot of people looked at me and said, that just reminds me of Talia mm -hmm. and the way she was, especially as a leader, but also a leader with President Bush. And I thought, oh, you know what? I see that. I see mm -hmm. that in you. And then I remember not too long later, I told you, I said, I think one day you're going to speak for Willow Creek, <laughs> which you kind of are when we look at Tim Stevens. That's kind of. And think. I went, well, maybe that's the fulfillment, uh, you know, but I'm in at the leadership conference because my dream for you is that your leadership keeps rising. But the only way anybody have, it really rises in the kingdom of God is by getting on our knees and just saying, Lord, whatever you want. And that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm open to whatever God would have for me. And I I think it's so amazing every time he lets me have influence in his church in any in any way. So I I want to do that. Um, however, he would have me do that.
All right. So one of the things that you would know about Talia is even coming to here today, she didn't want to say anything unless in the end it could be helpful. Right? <laughs> right. Right. Tracy, was this helpful? Very All right. Helpful. Lauren? Very helpful. Very helpful. Marlon? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> The goal you had, I'm serious. These guys are honest. Yeah. Yeah. And it I'm was, sure they would not say no to your face right now. Yeah, not to me. Yeah. <laughs> ah, these two would. Uh, Marlon, you might too. But uh, but here's the thing I want to say is I think it was very helpful. Okay. And I think that we need to always say to all leaders, hey, be learners and grow. Always be hungry to get better. And, and make sure you're spiritual in what you do and leaning on Jesus. You brought that out and then i want to say i I don't want to make this sound condescending to all the young women out there or women period don't let anything stop you from rising to be who god wants you to be there are going to be challenges they're going to be haters they're going to be people who try to stop you uh and you know what you got to do is always listen to god and so talia in a time of crisis entered a high level of leadership listened to god and it was painful and brutal and on the other side, it was worth it. It was worth every second. And there were times I thought, why did I put her in this position? But I really believe God spoke to me that night mm-hmm. and did. And you know what? A lot of you out there, I'm going to try to always interact with you to call you to levels of leadership or to call you as places of influence. You're never going to go there without somebody attacking you. It's never going to happen without somebody coming against you uh, because I want you to know you can't go to try to make a difference in a dark world and shine light and not expect a reaction. That's my admonition to all of you. So we're going to talk more about leadership for the next couple of weeks and how you can be a better leader. You can make a difference because God loves you. But we're in a war. We're in a war and we're not on a cruise ship looking for comfort. We're on a battleship looking for victory. And may you and I join together in serving Jesus to do that. Hey, God bless you. And we'll see you soon.